This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. The polls showing the governing liberals in trouble are piling up. A new forum research survey says... The conservatives are in the lead with 37% of respondents saying they would support that party compared to 30% for the liberals and 14% for the NDP. If an election were held today, these results would suggest the conservatives would win a majority government of 173 seats. The liberals would serve as the official opposition with 109 seats and the NDP would go to 20. Seven. Now, a few days ago, a Leger poll had similar results. It found the Liberals had slipped to a new le- record low with 27% support compared with 40% who say they'd vote for Andrew Shear's Conservatives. And remember Polly, the artificial intelligence polling system, and she has the Conservative Party getting closer to a majority government uh, with a, a projection of 161 seats now, which is just nine seats shy of a majority. And all of this with just over five months to go before an election. Of course, five months is an eternity in politics. Want to hear from you if there's anything Trudeau can do to turn this around. In your opinion, the numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. And right now, we are going to John McCutition, the president of the Bradgate Research Group and a political consultant, and Lauren Bozanoff, president at Foreign Research. Hi there. Good afternoon. Let's start with Lauren. Any surprise in these numbers? Well, actually, yes. You know, we we have the Tories down uh, five points from a month ago. Now, that was the height of the S&C controversy. And maybe because that's dying down, uh, the Tory numbers are down. But we had them at 42. They're at 37 now. And their lead's been cut from 13 points to 7 points. So, um, just the fact that SNC is not uh, in the news every day, I think, is starting to help the Liberals. Mm-hmm. Well, we just had new news on SNC, John. Uh, that was yesterday. We had the names of, of some top executives at SNC who were involved in a bit of a scam uh, for giving the Liberals money that was really quite illegal, and SNC did not get prosecuted for that. Well, yes, uh, another uh, scandal. Uh, shockingly, they seem to have them all in one company. Uh, SNC is uh, the gift that keeps on giving for the conservatives. And there's no, uh, and, and it's, it's interesting because this new story that hasn't really gotten legs yet um, shows that uh, Elections Canada, which is supposed to be the umpire, the nonpartisan, neutral administrator of our elections, um, uh, it, 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 how they're dealing with this whole thing seems to have a special uh, air bracket uh, relationship, air bracket with these guys. Um, uh, all parties run afoul. All parties make mistakes. The question is, uh, are they intentional? Uh, 
or and are they uh, is there an actual conspiracy or is it an honest mistake? And in the past, Elections Canada has actually sent, uh, in one case, a former Conservative MP to prison over a very similar uh, situation, uh, which pales in comparison to the SNC, where all they did is basically sent a harshly worded letter and said, don't do that again. So certainly the Liberals are getting uh, special treatment, and that's going to be uh, another new scandal on top of the donations in the first place. Well, if if it turns out that it has legs or this is a, a, a last gasp, Lauren, uh, the rate of the drop in the numbers for the Conservatives that you found here is that because uh, this was more, you know, they were, this was more against the Liberals and Justin Trudeau as opposed to for Andrew Scheer and his personal popularity is not that great? Is is that what's behind it? I think so. I think it kind of indicates that the Tory vote is soft. I think people were parking their votes with the Tories while the chaos was going on with the Liberals and the, the two cabinet ministers who resigned and, and all that. And... Um, now that that's dying down, you're seeing the conservative ebb away. And maybe this next, uh, this latest SNC, you know, escapade with, with the donations will, will, will re- help revive the Tory numbers. But I really don't see Andrew Shearer as, as, you know, setting the barn on fire. He has an <laughs> approval rating of only 34%, and his disapproval rating is 41%. And he's, he's not even in government. He's already got a disapproval rating of 41%. Uh, what what are Trudeau's personal numbers? He's got thirty uh, percent approval, so four points lower than Sheer. His disapproval, though, that's the big difference. He's at sixty one percent, which which is huge. Uh huh. Well, yeah, Lauren, if I could jump in, I was going to say the for me when I looked at your numbers, uh, what was striking was the fact that uh, all the party leaders are well liked by their own people. Not surprising, and they're not liked by everybody else. Uh, the, the, the real shocker, though, was not only that uh, the prime minister, who in his first term in office, and certainly the day he became leader, let alone won the election, everybody thought he'd get two elections, no problem. Uh, but the, the biggest finding uh, uh, that spoke to me was the fact that you've got Canadians saying that they're a majority of Canadians saying they're worse off now than they were in 2015. So that's the... To, to me, it's like whatever the party leaders have going for them, there's big storm clouds across the entire country. And that never speaks well for an incumbent government. John, what do you think Andrew Scheer and the Conservatives have to do to make their leader a little more appealing? Because I think it's it's pretty clear that he's not setting any barns on fire. No, and I, and I think but that he's in the situation that's the, true of every leader in their first election, right? Uh, the majority of Canadians, you know, aren't, you know, Lauren didn't ask the question about people, how, how much attention they're paying the politics, because we all know the answer, and that's like they aren't, right? People will pay attention when it gets closer, and, you know, when the campaign begins, or maybe a couple of weeks prior to that, which on our cycle means not till after Labor Day, right? This is, a, this is thing isn't really getting, for all the people already knocking on doors, the election, for all intents and purposes, isn't starting for months yet. Uh, we haven't finished the rain of spring, let alone uh, the long summer ahead. So it's a long way before the end. But but they, there are patterns, right? And that's where, in these numbers, um, you know, Sheer can't afford to fall any more than he is. 
And for his guys, it's doing what they're going to do, which is like every front first leader. They're going to spend a ton of money on advertising. They're going to pound the pavement. And that's expected. The, the, the challenge for him is to take advantage of any new scandal, like these two new ones coming up with SNC and Elections Canada, and not making a mistake. So he's got his uh, a big unveil of his climate uh, change policy uh, due next month, and that's the wild card. Is it going to be a great move forward? Is it going to be him falling on his face? How's that going to be received? So he can absolutely make a mistake, and that's the wild card in all of this. Lauren, do you agree? Well, you know what? Another a couple other challenges for the Tories. They're now pretty much tied with the Liberals in the Atlantic and in Ontario. They only have a two-point lead in those two regions. They're way be, way behind. They're in third place in, in Quebec, probably because of the SNC. The Liberals probably perceived to be defending Quebec interests, even though they, they took a hit in the rest of the country. Um, but now they're the clear, they're clear, uh, clearly ahead. Well, well ahead in, in in Quebec. So I think the Tories have to think about uh, the Atlantic. We have in the Atlantic sort of mirroring what happened in PEI a week ago or whatever. The Greens are at an all-time high there. They're at 11 percent. Also in Ontario, with the Ford government and, and whatever they're going to do in terms of their uh, restraint programs that may start to affect the federal Tory popularity in Ontario. Does the fact that you now have a a good chunk of the country uh, have Tory governments, is that going to help the federal Conservatives, or is that going to hurt them as people say, hmm, you might want, you know, something different in the provinces? John, do you have a view on that? Yeah, I don't think there's been enough time for those governments, uh, of all of them, uh, Ford certainly, uh, making the most changes almost daily. Uh, you know, Ford is absolutely, as Lauren said, he's a catalyst for the liberals. The problem is, you know, what's, what's the bigger catalyst for liberals in Ontario? Uh, Ford's unpopularity or the fact that we just threw out the worst liberal government in provincial history. So I don't think there's going to be enough time that's elapsed to really have the negatives of the provincial governments come into play, which means the positives. Like, they, they all have staffs. They have provincial MPPs or MLAs. Uh, you know, the question in uh, Alberta is going to be, uh, you know, are the Liberals going to survive in uh, Edmonton or are they going to get wiped out? Um, uh, Lauren's right about Ontario. Ontario is going to come down to a street fight. It's going to be riding by riding. Uh, it may be the... Uh, the longest list of where people get it wrong on election night, because I think we'll see a record number of ridings determined by less than a thousand votes. Uh, but but even wilder than that is B.C. When you look at the the greens are growing in B.C., um, you know, the, the big disappointment is the NDP. But that that's actually potentially going to make uh, B.C. a four way race for possibilities out there. You could see a handful of in, of greens elected. Um, and, and with the oil fight between BC and Alberta, uh, that's, that's going to be more of a factor than the uh, prime minister's performance because he doesn't have an answer. He doesn't have a solution and he, he loses on both sides of the issue. So it's, uh, 
it's going to be a wild ride and one of our most interesting elections ever, I think. Lauren, one thing in your poll surprised me, and that is that you sh- you said that the older demographic voters over 65 who vote in overwhelming numbers were more likely to vote liberal. And my sense of it is that uh, older voters tend more to be conservative. Can you explain that? Yeah, they're the ones who remember Trudeau mania from the 60s. So that's why we see that bump in that over 65 group, I think. Well, right. it's, it's very interesting because here on this show, when pe- people remember the elder Trudeau, but not in a good way, I have to say. <laughs> yeah, but I think there are others who, who do remember him well. And I think because of that, you, you get an even Steven split among the uh, 65 plus group. Hmm. And, and, I, and I think that's where we are with all of this is that it's uh, it's a lot of the inherent opinion, right? Like this campaign hasn't been defined yet. You know, what's the ballot uh, question going to be? The reason Prime Minister Harper lost, uh, let me see, I'm on radio, so I have to be polite. Uh, You know, you ask your average person, they didn't vote for Harper because he wasn't a nice man, right? That was the dynamic for why people didn't vote for Harper. And they voted for Trudeau for what Lauren just said, the, the, the myth of the, of the Trudeau legacy. So what's the ballot question going to be in this election? And that I think is totally up for grabs and, and no party or no perspective is dominating that yet. Okay. Uh, I don't want to forget about our callers. Uh, let's take one call from Joel in Toronto. Uh, there's yeah okay we've got you Joel. Hi, how are you? Fine, how are you? Good, good. Yeah, my family we always voted for liberal, but after what uh, Mr. Trudeau has done to us, I will never vote for them again. He's lied and lied and lied and all these corruptions. He gives money to all these ISIS fighters that come back to Canada, and he doesn't take care of us. All the old people. We have no more friends left. China, U.S., the Philippines. Israel, Italy. Nobody wants to talk to us no more. Why? Okay there, Joel. I think we know where you stand. Thanks for your call. Um, Okay, uh, we are basically out of time on this. Very quickly, uh, John McEtition, what would you like to leave us with? Uh, Stay tuned. It's going to be a crazy election campaign. And because of the fixed date, the the truth is it's already started. Candidates are knocking on doors and people don't know why they're there. But that's uh, part of the, the liberal legacy. You know, we've got these fixed dates now. So we've got a six-month campaign. Lauren? I think a sleep ratio is going to be climate change. And, uh, you know, we have floods in, in Montreal. We have floods up in Muskoka. Um, I think climate change is a sleeper issue in this. Okay, well, we have to see how that plays out. Thank you so much, John McCutishan, president of Bradgate Research Group, and Lauren Bozanoff, president of Form Research. Thank you both. Pleasure. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.